Hello and welcome to Lost World Minute, a minimal bit of podcast from the 997 sequel Jurassic Park, one minute at a time. I'm Brad. And Dave. And back again by popular demand, we have Mr. Jay Jurassic. Welcome back, sir. What's up, guys? Glad <laughs> well, to be back. It might not be public demand, but uh, you love coming on and discussing the movie so much. Yeah. But, uh, so, why uh, not? If they, even if they don't want me on here, I don't care. I yep. love Lost World, so I'll be on here. <laughs> yep. And that's um that's sort of one of the issues, or not issues, but one of the things we had last week. Everyone was off busy, and it was just me, so that's why I released that quick, um, six minute, little uh little show with me and my son, with our expectations going into Fallen Kingdom, and uh, mm-hmm. just say there was something released. And uh, this week we're going to go straight into a little bit of a mini review. Now that I've seen it, we've all seen it. We all have varying thoughts on it. We are going to do a, a full on discussion and breakdown of it a little bit later on. Um, down the track we're only a couple of minutes left in the film so we really want to get that out of the way first so we're not breaking up the final scenes of the movie here too much mm-hmm. and we'll, we'll get deep 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 into it there but um as as for today for this little review we're going spoilers so if you have not seen it yet um like me you're one of probably two percent of the world that hasn't but uh we will be talking <laughs> about stuff in this little review so yeah uh, where can we go from here? Um, David, you are discussing last week that you you liked it a lot, or liked it quite a lot. I did, I did like it a lot, and Jay, while we were talking, doing our little behind-the-scenes catching up, or behind-the-scenes catching up uh, before we went live here, said that he has no interest in seeing it, which is funny, because the day after this podcast is being recorded, I'm actually going to go see it again. <laughs> <laughs> is that your second viewing? It will, it will be, yes. Yep. yep. Yeah. Well, just, well, Jay, you can you can answer this. It wasn't actually you didn't want to see it. You just didn't have the feel or didn't feel like you need to see it again. Yeah. I I like the thing is I have seen it twice now. Um, I went to see it uh, the first time at the like the premiere day with my friends and my girlfriend, and um, the next time I the second viewing i went to see it by myself and i saw it basically in almost an empty theater because it was late and it was like a, a just a really random day i think it was like a wednesday so it doesn't it didn't it wasn't like focused on the movie or like that the movie's not making money or anything it was a wednesday night like at the late showing it was like 10:40 so of course there's nobody going to go see it you know mm-hmm. um so anyway um went to uh, I went and saw it again, and I saw it just by myself with nobody around. There was maybe like two other people in the theater. And after I left, I liked the movie a little bit more, but I just didn't have that feeling I had with uh, with Lost World or um, or Jurassic World that I wanted to see the movie more again before it came in uh, came out on Blu-ray or you know back in the day Lost World. I want a videotape, you know, VHS. With Jurassic Park 3, I had kind of the same feeling, only to Jurassic Park 3 I completely disliked. With Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, it's not I don't dislike it or hate it. I just didn't have that. It's almost like one of those movies you go and see, you see it, oh, yeah, it was a great movie, it was cool, but that's it. There's yeah. no, you don't go see it again. Like, uh, that happened with... um. I saw it the last year, yep. and it was great. But I, I mean, I didn't really want to go see it again. But as a fan, I feel like with Jurassic Park movies, you go see it again and again and again. But this one just didn't have that feeling for me. I, I don't know. And like, I really like. 
I see that people have loved it, and I want to love this movie. I do. It just it just doesn't click with me. And I figured out why it's the second half of the movie just does not click with me. The first half is all on the beats for me, but the the second half, no, just doesn't work for me. Yeah. So after second viewing, I figured it out. I was like, oh, that's what it is. Yeah, I had the same issue <laughs> with Jurassic World. It was only I rewatched it again the other day before going to see Fallen Kingdom, and that was I think it was the fifth time I've seen it. It's just. And I was sort of thinking during the week of just other franchises that have had that gap. Um, we had the 14-year gap between Jurassic Park 3 and Jurassic World. Star Wars, especially for the um, Force Awakens, being so far after um, Revenge of the Sith. And then even Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull and sort of that gap there. And all the uh, all the fans calling out for Bill Murray not to return for a third Ghostbusters and then instead they'd done what they did in 2015 with the female team. I don't think that would have been successful even if those guys come back. But uh, but um, just trying <laughs> to think of other fran- uh, franchises actually done it successfully where this is successful because it's... We just, well, Fallen Kings just hit a billion dollars so the, uh, the majority mm-hmm. are liking it. But I'm just trying to think in my head where that sort of... Whereabouts that lies in other fandoms and I suppose just... A couple of weeks ago, I said we went. I went and um, seen The Incredibles, and that was a 14-year gap as well between the first one and the second one. And just normally, when that gap's there, the films are made different. They're made to a different audience. They've got the they're calling back to nostalgia. Dave, we've t- we've talked endless times about how much callbacks in Jurassic World there are to Jurassic Park, mm-hmm. especially, and it's being done done to death now. On repeated viewings of Fallen Kingdom, I know I've been talking to some people, and there's a lot more references to Jurassic Park in there that I have maybe missed. I don't, I don't. There's only a couple I really noticed in there callback-wise, but there were some that I, I think I noticed most of them right away. And since we're going non-spoiler now with this review, I can really talk about them. Of course, the most noticeable one that the fandom is talking about is where the Brachiosaurus raises up on her back legs as the pyroplastic cloud is closing in around her, and you can see just the shadow of her body raising up in the cloud exactly as the Brachiosaurus did in the first movie. And now I think um, Bayona or Trevor, I think it was Bayona who outright said that this was the Brachiosaurus from the first movie. I'm not sure how I feel about that. I'd like to get your thoughts on that. First of all, I think it's just I think it's the same as them coming out and saying that that Spinosaur skeleton in Main Street was the one from Jurassic Park Three, and just yeah. they're, they're saying stuff without really thinking about. And and after seeing the film, I really don't think anyone there cares about continuity or anything anymore. Like the the map of the island's a big one recently, but just a lot of other stuff in the film too. It just seems to just. They've, they've, they know about it in the original film, but decide to change it or put their own flair in it or something. And like the Brachiosaur is mm-hmm. another one where it's it's the Brachiosaur that we've seen then. Well, that's that's hard for them to confirm. Like, oh, they can confirm it easily, but it's really it just seems like fan service or something. Because there was more than one. There was there was three of them going in there that lagoon as well that Grant and Ellie look out across. But. Um, mm-hmm. And we it see, does feel like, yeah. yeah. And the thing feels like is that I saw an article where the title was "They're ruining the movie by over-explaining it," and I do kind of feel like getting that feeling that with all this that Trevor thinks he's the next Lucas, George Lucas, where he's just 
explaining little things behind the, the things that you really didn't care to know and really kind of don't add up in the first place. And they just kind of ruin the movie by explaining them. I mean, I was fine. It was fine enough that the Brachiosaurus was where well, I did that. It was a nice little sort of callback. They didn't need to make that connection. Mm. Mm-hmm. Well, again, it was it was another it was a callback on a callback because he'd already had one walking <laughs> down Main Street and having that same shot up, looking at its head from like Zia's point of view at the time. Mm-hmm. as it's eating, just sort of that whole callback to the Brachiosaur then from the original film, and now you're going to do the same thing here where you have it rear up on its hind legs. I really didn't like that CGI model. I... It, it did not look like a JP Brachiosaurus to me. I haven't liked any of the animals <laughs> I mean, they've done. <laughs> it, it looked like it, but it was updated, you know, in, in a way that they took what the the basic idea of the Brachiosaurus from 1993 and updated it to be visualized as you would in a 2018 movie. Yeah, well, that original Brachiosaur it had it had texture issues, just the CG of the time, and it's just sort of the times now where we got to see every crack, every, like every um, scale and the details got to be there. It's one of the yeah. one of my issues with Rexy as well. I just she doesn't look as good as she did in well, she's only been in the first film, but. <laughs> Even even some of the ones we got later <laughs> on, like yeah, I just don't find she looks as well. She she probably looks the best when it's the animatronic in the back of that container. Honestly, mm, I agree. She, uh, but what I mean is, uh, just the the way the next the neck is designed on that brachiosaur. You know, the brachiosaur, the original from Jurassic Park, has an arc, has yeah. kind of an arch going yeah, on its right. neck. This one was like straight up. And, like, I remember somebody, it was, like, in the comments on, like, a, either an Instagram page or it might have been on YouTube, put, is that the Papo Brachiosaurus? Because <laughs> if you look a lot of, look at a lot of the concept art, there's a lot of Papo T-Rexes, a lot of Papo this. Like, they use, like, they didn't even use, like, the Kenner stuff. They use like, Papo dinosaurs to, like, do the concept art. And maybe yeah. one of them just transferred into the Brachiosaur because that Brachiosaur did not look like a JP Brachio. Um, with the, the coloring, yes. The coloring, yes. It, it had that same color scheme. But just even the face, it, it, it just just didn't look like Crash's art. And um, I think also how you were saying about Rexy, like, when she's grabbing onto the helicopter and her mouth is closed... It looks a lot like the original JP Rex, but like when she opened her mouth and roared in that moment where that in the beginning where that guy he's like, "Oh, what are you talking about?" Yep. And then he turns around and then and then she she roars right there. That it that scene just doesn't look right to me. Yeah, you know, but eh. going into this, I was <laughs> I was fuming. I was like, I don't. The only reason I went to see it was one to take me son and two so I could talk about it here. But having seen it now, it's sort of. I can't, and I'm I'm gonna put it. There's 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 certain plot contrivances. They they've existed in the whole the whole franchise. We've been talking about them numerous times here of this film. The dead people on the boat. The boat has to hit the dock, like crash into the dock for the for the next scene to happen. It goes back to Jurassic Park, and yeah, you could always go back to the Tyrannosaur paddock sequence, but that's that's the high heel mm-hmm. debate as far as I'm concerned. There's other there's other issues in Jurassic Park and. It's, it's happened all the way through the films, 
so I can't, I'm not going to go into Fallen Kingdom and, and go, well, it's a bad movie, but, oh, I don't like it because that, that opening sequence, they're there, there's floodlights and everything set up. There's, there's clear signs that that team's been there for some time, yet they couldn't have carried the, the submarine in via the helicopter. They've had to come in through the sea gates. The, like the Trenosaur's holding onto, yes, it might be a cable ladder, but it's tugging at that ladder, whipping the helicopter around, the helicopter staying in the air. When when the ladder breaks off, and the guy's like, yeah, we made it, and they start celebrating flying off, he's only one or two rungs from the bottom of the helicopter. Then the next minute when the Mosasaur jumps out, he's down the bottom of it again. Like, there's, there's, yeah, plot, con- there's plot contrivances, and there's a lot more mm. in the film, like especially when they get on the island. How, long's we- how long has Wheatley's team been on the island? Have they set all those fortifications up? Was that set up back when they originally tried to clear the island? before Jurassic World was built. Yeah, that was something that bothered me, too, with uh, with Wheatley's team. He had half of the dinosaurs already caught, and I was like, oh, are you kidding me? Like, it was, like, such... That, it was... The times, that, the timings. Just... Yeah, it was just... The pacing was too fast sometimes, and it was just like, what? Like, you can't even catch up with it or whatever, and it, you can, of course, but the thing is, like, you, they don't give you time to be involved in the story. They kind of just like, hey, well, come on, catch up. We're going to do this now, even though you're still thinking about that. Yeah, it's, edited, like, it's edited so tightly. and just I can see why yeah. there's 40 minutes missing, and I really hope that those 40 minutes get put back in in some sort I of director's do too. cut. Or, I really do. Because yeah. yeah. there's times yeah. there where Wheatley doesn't even... He only barely finishes a sentence, and all of a sudden we cut away to something else. And, and that's sort of one of the things. Like We get these massive subtitles both when we when we first go on to Nublar and then when we get to Lockwood's estate of where we are. Yet you can't sit there and have a text 18 months later or something after they leave, after we see the Mosasaur swimming at the sea gates. Like, you can't do little things like that. Because we cut from yeah, there, we cut from there into the news, uh, into, like uh-huh. the news, and I don't know what why America's watching BBC. Wouldn't it be CNN they'd be watching? <laughs> I don't mm. know why British... Yeah. But anyway, that's that's again high heels. Um, it, it just and it's sort of you have that whole news thing, then you have um, the DPG and all what's going on there. And pretty much as soon as Congress say no, we're not doing it, they get a phone call from Lockwood. Now that that should be in Washington because they've got all the signs there. They've been like protesting on the steps of Congress and that. Yet all of a sudden she's in a limo going up to Lockwood's amount that's in California, and she's there. And Mills says that. We can't capture Blue. She's evading us. We need someone that can get her. So at that point, they're already there. Mm-hmm. I wonder if they've even been there before Congress said, no, we're not going to help. But yeah, the timings. And even, we, I think we've talked about it too before. Just when they, when that Rex takes out that Carnotaurus and then the volcano goes up, the time it takes the gyrosphere to roll down the valley, them go in the water and get to the beach, the Tyrannosaurus being captured and has been airlifted to the boat. It just. <laughs> I will admit. I mean, as as much as I love this movie, I mean, yeah, as much as I love this movie, the island portion could have it could have uh, benefited from another twenty to thirty minutes added to Definitely. it. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, because I think once we leave the island, once we get to the mansion, like they cut back and to and from the mansion a couple of times while we're on island, just to have Mills setting up his evilness and everything else but like once it gets to the the mansion itself it just sort of it does really stop because you just you're just wandering around room to room corridor to corridor you're either up upstairs or you're down 
in this pretty much featureless lab under underground, and it's just it stops. It stops so Claire and Owen can have a talk about the first time they've seen a dinosaur and all that, and everything that happens in the lab. Um, mm-hmm. As well, it's, it's like it's like it's so, the island is so rushed so fast, and then you 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 start to get like you start to get along with the pacing. You're like, all right, I gotta just you know, I mean, you're. It's almost like you, it's almost like a marathon run or whatever, and you're running and you're trying to catch up to this one person, and then finally, like, you're up in the lead. So then you then you're like, okay, now I can go slow. But it's like it, it messes with you because the whole time it's so rushed in the island part. You get to the mansion and it slows down, mm-hmm. and like, and the thing that got to me was m- maybe it's just me because I I, I love scary moves and horror, and you got to be really really uh, like uh. I don't know. I, I don't know what can scare me anymore in these movies, but like, there the suspense wasn't there for me as much as they kept saying there. No, it wasn't, man. I I, I was kind of just like, okay. The, I swear, the only part that I had the most suspense and kind of was kind of like gripping the chair a little bit, like oh 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 shoot, was when they were in the gyrosphere. That scene, I personally, I love that scene in the gyrosphere as much as like, <laughs> like he can. He opened it with the knife. I'm like, okay, but still, like them almost drowning in it, it, it felt like very claustrophobic. But the whole thing where they just kept hyping up the mansion and the the the, the scary part, I, I feel like the Indoraptor was underused. It, I, I feel like it was it was killed off so fast, uh, and the battle just seemed very. Mm, yeah, you know it didn't. Yeah. Well, with I, 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 I thought he had so much potential with all the stuff that Wu was saying, like, and what the, and and the toys, the toys tell you he can echolocate and stuff. Why didn't they tell us that? You know what I mean? Like, you kind of have to just guess it yourself, you know. But which is cool, you know, you can do that, but not the general audience. They will not get that. Like, not a lot of them. A lot of them are watching and be like, wait, you can he can echolocate? Yeah, it's on the toy. I didn't know that. You know what I mean? Because I've talked to people that saw it at my job, and they're general audience. They're yeah. not Jurassic Park fans. Yeah. They're just moviegoers. And they love the movie, but there's certain things that, like, they just didn't understand. And they just let it slide because it's a movie for them. To us, we're fans, so we kind of nitpick a little bit, you know? And that's that's mm-hmm. the thing. But, uh... And that's, yeah, and that's, like, I've been I've been caught a couple of times for nitpicking too much on the mm-hmm. film. Oh, yeah. Where the others have the same issue, and I, I understand that, but, but it's new. It's something we're all talking about now. Yes, we can go back to nitpicking anything in the previous films, Sarah carrying oh, phone around without yeah. anything <laughs> in Lost World for one. But it's just this is new. We're sort of trying to digest it and trying to just ask these questions and you know, amongst the fans, just try and see if we can just sort of formulate our own answers because I don't think anyone in charge really cares unless Colin comes out and oh well, we, it was a mistake with the map. Well, no, it wasn't, because you've moved everything. It's not just the lagoon. <laughs> the east dock is now in the north. Everything is under or on the on the sides of this volcano, so that's where all the action on the island can happen. The airstrip, there's an airstrip on the island now, and it's dead centre in the middle of, middle of the island. Yeah, it's... it's. Uh, I, I, I saw that too when the east dock was moved. I'm like, what? Like, but it's... see, they, that's the... They caught. He says it's. The, they caught the East Dock, and it doesn't have to be the same one from Jurassic Park. I don't see anything on that dock that looks looks similar to when Nedry's on the telephone with his man there. But mm-hmm. we've seen in Jurassic World on the map, most all the visitors come from down the south. That's where they sent them all when the cruise ships were coming 
and that's where the um, monorails ran to down down to the south. So they can have another dock up there. That's fine. But all that's north supposed dock. to be the restricted zone. Yeah, you can make it the north. Yeah, well, dock. north dock. Yeah, and that's and that's around that location on some fan maps. I'm going to the admit, north docks up there. And I may be railing against Trevor a little bit here, but I kind of felt insulted when he said, "Oh, the uh, it's just the the guys got it wrong." Well, no, he didn't. No, they didn't get it wrong. He got it wrong. He wrote the entire. He wrote the movie first of all. So it's him who put that lagoon there on the side of the island so that the Mosasaur could escape in the first ten minutes of the movie. So in, he's trying to throw the uh, VFX guys on the bus here when he wrote the scene. You know, like can yeah. can you know? Yeah, and it's it's something small, small like that, like. And it, it, it depends on how much he had thought out when he went to Universal to start off before Jurassic World. He, he said that he had the trilogy pen, like they had the basic premise for the trilogy. So much stuff he said for uh, post Jurassic Park and uh, post Jurassic World and previous Jurassic World and press interviews about where the franchise is going to go. None of that's happened, and now all of a sudden things are being changed like that. Mm-hmm. He knows fans lost their shit when the visitor center was in a different spot and looked nothing like it was supposed to. Like, <laughs> and even the jeep, even the jeep, the jeep being able to run and stuff like that, where fans were tweeting and losing their minds over. Yet for some reason we have a a five and a half minute still like pause when Claire gets out of the plane just to see that she's not wearing high heels when she's on the island. Oh, there's so many like that, like, that lingers for so much. There, there's there's a couple times they 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 focus on her shoes. Yeah. I told that to my friend there's... Matt, and he's like, "Really?" And I'm like, "Yeah." When you if you go see it again, it there's a couple times they just like, well, the scene starts out at her feet, and I'm like, "What?" Yeah. Like it's a great yeah. it, it's. Okay, I get it. We get it, or whatever, because of the whole heels thing. I mean, I didn't, I didn't care in, about the heels, even though, yeah, it is kind of funny to outrun a T Rex well, in heels. But you I mean, it, you show her shoes once, fine. But there's like, at, there's at least twice that they, they, they just like a long focus on her feet, and I'm like, okay, I get it. You don't have to, you know what I mean? Yeah, and I'll. I'll just just to fill you in a bit, Jay. Back in the minute forties, there somewhere, I reported a local police officer female was out enjoying a night off um, off duty, and um, she had a bag snatched, and she actually ran down the the perp in high heels. I think they were four or five inch heels that oh, she wow. ran ran him down and caught him <laughs> while she's off duty. And that's that was that was something that happened here. And it's sort of it's not running in the heels that's the issue. It's just the fact you're out running it. T-Rex that's good for 32 miles an hour if it ever got out in the open. But nice. We have the same thing here in, in Fallen Kingdom in the start. The bloke's running in the rain and the Tyrannosaur can't catch up to him yeah. until the very end where he leaps he leaps out over the uh, Mosasaur enclosure and onto the helicopter ladder. But that's that's what sort of annoyed me more is just the fact that no one or everyone can just outrun a T-Rex. <laughs> yeah, well, if we do do a little... Uh... If you do notice in the scene when you watch it, the I, I noticed the second time around, there is like you know when she flips over the truck, there's like obstruction in front of her, and like she uh she sl- she actually slides like twice running after him because mm. of the rain, you know. Yeah. But um you also see that with with Malcolm in the first one when he's running after when she's running after Malcolm she can't catch up to him and then finally she kind of nudges him and that's where she like gets him on the leg, or whatever. Mm. Um, 
But well, and that's 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 definitely in my notes when we get into deep dive on the film. Just the fact that that maintenance vehicle, which we only seen at the Indominus Rex pen, but all of a sudden it's upside down in the middle of Main Street, where it was never seen again after the Indominus Rex escape in Jurassic World. Like just just stuff like that. They've rebuilt Main Street and been meticulous enough or careful enough to include the Margarita Cafe sign and Margaritaville and all that sort of stuff, those little jokes there, yet here's this service truck upside down in the middle of Main Street that was never there or never anywhere near Main Street back then. I think we sort of, when the trails came out too, we sort of were discussing the fact that you see the monorail broken collapse at mm-hmm. the gates when they were all going south. And there's two, there's two separate shots here of the monorail parked or damaged in different spots. We see when they're um, tracking towards the tower, the radio tower, mm-hmm. the um, monorail that fo- follows that cliff line in Galamamas Valley. That um, there's a monorail st- stuck up there as well. So it just seems like this the the movie overall, like it has it, it has like a lot of faults like that, but it has like great moments. You know what I mean? Like it's a it, like oh, yeah. It's like like uh like yeah we're we're talking about the the, the first scene and the T Rex uh not being able to catch that guy but man that intro was awesome though. <laughs> it was like I loved I loved the underwater stuff with the oh, sub like yeah. just finding finding the um the Indominus Rex skeleton mm-hmm. even though it doesn't make a lot of sense we they engine packed up everything when they left and took it with them. He had the DNA, needs. yeah. That's been something yeah. that everybody, even on the podcast, uh, I think Brad was discussing it, how he yeah. has a DNA. Like, why did he need that? Like, I don't know. And maybe then, maybe there's something in the bone marrow that he needed. But you know I mean, that's just I'm sure that's just it's a shortcut. I'm sure creating. it's a shortcut. Yeah. We're just we're just. Like it, well, I think I read. I can't remember if it was an interview on a podcast or in a magazine or something, but. I remember Trevor or Bayona, I can't remember which one, mentioned that when um, Wu packed, when that Wu was stripped of his doctor, doctor uh, doctoral shit, and it was, um, and all of his assets were seized post Jurassic World, he would have lost access to all the DNA he had. Yeah, but he doesn't have this stuff at his house, and he doesn't have a, assumingly he doesn't have an office in some city somewhere where he's got a lab set up. And that's but, something we can get to a little bit later, too, about this whole... We made the animals originally on the main the mainland. It's it's InGen. InGen took it all and mm-hmm. kidnapped him at the same time. Um, Dad have it all in their bunker or wherever else. Um, because we get exactly the same thing happen in the Fallen Kingdom. Once again, mm-hmm. oh, no, facilities compromised or whatever else, load everything up and ship it out. We see him packing up various bloods and everything. Various dinosaurs. Um, yeah, apart from that Indominus Rex bone that gets stood on, which wouldn't have destroyed it, but anyway. <laughs> yeah, but my, my thing, this is this is where I have a problem with that. We have to, the directors and the producers and just the creators in general of this franchise, they have to stop including this side information somewhere else. Put it in the movie. Like It is. It is. Is, is it really? You've got to... You got to look for it when you go back. If you go back to see it, David, you can have a look at the start when it's got that news. The BBC doing their thing on the ticket tech, the ticket thing down the bottom. The it says Mr. Henry Wood said a doctor, right? It says yeah, yeah. yeah. It says um, InGen scientist disgraced and um, dis. Uh, I'd like yeah, his um, doctorate being revoked. Or yeah. Whatever. All right. Apparently. Okay. All right. 
See, I, I, I didn't I, say it, but I've heard someone say that. I, I heard that it just said, like, Mr. Henry Wu on there or whatever, and I was like, how do you infer that he's been stripped of everything by just that? I, I get it, because they're not saying doctor. But there's well, a lot I think of... It says, I think it says stripped of, and then it cuts, because, again, the edit, editing's that tight. You don't actually see yeah, the, rest of just... the rest of it, but... Uh, but there is a lot of stuff like that that like fans ask Trevaro and he answers back and whatever and it's like kind of like this information that like I I love that like uh, viral sites that they got going on and they have a lot of information on there especially with the um, the DPG one where just they explained a lot what happened on the island it'd be great if like they I don't know instead of just a viral site came out with a book or like, I don't know, something or, or, or side series that explain more things like that for more of the audience to get and more people to get their hands on it. Not everybody visits those viral sites, just us super fans. And that's good because our, our, our us super fans are the ones that are really mining for this information. But then sometimes you'll have like, uh, like an average movie goer that doesn't, it's just kind of thrown into there and like, Oh, what? Mm. You know? And then they'll see that as kind of a negative. And that's what happens sometimes with a lot of movies like this. So they they don't understand something or something doesn't fit right. Like the best example we can give right now is um, the switch up between uh, the Batmans when it was Christian Bale and Ben Affleck. I, I can't tell you how many people are like, oh, yeah, Christian Bale, is he going to be Batman again? No, it's Ben Affleck. What do you mean? I thought Christian Bale is Batman. Why? You know, like hmm. little switches like that, the average moviegoer is just going to see it as a negative. Be like, oh, I don't I don't get it. I don't understand. So like. I, I don't know. I, I feel like we're thro- we're making these movies and throwing out information that sh- could be included, but we're they're cutting it for time. They're cutting it for this, and you saw what happened with some of these movies lately um, when they cut time out and they cut plot and and story elements and whatnot. The movie just doesn't feel right, and I feel like this mm. one, that forty minutes would have probably helped it out a lot more. In a sense, yeah. that for me to. Fair, to be fair, a lot of the Jurassic Park movies have always been like that. The exposition and the character development was always left out of the movies, and it's been like that since the first one. Remember, there's the whole tour of the um, of facilities of facility where they meant where they go through piece by piece how the dinosaurs were created how they extracted this, how they did that. It's so expository in the books. But then when you get to the movie, it's, it's turned into a, uh, what was it, like not even, it was turned into like a five-minute cart ride uh, that they don't even finish. Well, yeah. Yeah, they condensed five, three or four chapters in that lab, um, in the novel, down to a five-minute Mr. DNA video. Mm-hmm. But it's, which it's, you need that you need that for the film, though, because it couldn't I, sit there and have that info. Yeah, done. yeah, yeah. It, it, like, I, I feel like in those five minutes, it explained enough that you get it, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's like, um, if they would really would have sat there and you and put everything that Crichton wrote down, I think any audience member, except for maybe us, would just like, oh, man, this is boring. You know, you get attention spans even to the, that's why I feel a lot of us are not liking. Well, not a lot of us, me in particular, my opinion, I don't like the pacing it's too fast or whatnot, but probably like audiences today, they like fast paced stuff. Everything, the attention span is like not yeah. like it used to be. So like you have to do everything in this type of format to get people to stay and watch. And um 
I don't know. I feel like that's that's probably why they did it this way in, in a way. Maybe not. But you know, you, you, it's good example is how Spielberg didn't show dinosaurs in the trailers or not Spielberg just in general. Oh. You know, we had yeah. no idea what they looked like. We saw an eye of a T-Rex in in a window a foot. <laughs> and a foot and that's about it, you know, until you actually went to see the movie. And basically, I didn't get to see the movie in theaters. I didn't get to see Jurassic Park in theaters. Um, I saw it on VHS. Uh, basically, I didn't get to see them moving around and doing all crazy stuff till like they started launching more commercials. But in the beginning, I didn't know what they looked like. Just by like some merchandise later on, like Trapper Keepers and Folders, <laughs> I got to see. Oh, that's the T Rex. That's what, you know. But now that the trailers just show everything, and yeah. They have to show you the dinosaurs like right there, right in the beginning. You can't wait for anything anymore. There's no element of, of like surprise or suspense. It like Godzilla was was a good one of that. They barely showed Godzilla. I loved that that they were like like constantly showing little bits and pieces, and then finally the ba- final battle, he's, he's shown more. But audiences hated that. They wanted Godzilla the entire. Yeah, the teaser was just them doing that skydive that. Hail on jump that down was into wonderful. the smoke. That yeah, was great. Wasn't and it? and what did yeah. and what did the director say? He like in like uh there's like at least one famous interview or a bunch of interviews. He probably said the same thing, but he basically said he that movie he uh, he was influenced by the way Spielberg in Jurassic Park didn't show yeah. the dinosaurs. Mm-hmm. So like you know, I get it. Like I, I don't know. I I just feel like even with the Indoraptor, you know, like they. They could have left them out of the trailers, man, and it would have been a lot better, yeah. I feel, when we went to see it, that, like, we'd be a little more surprised, but we knew what it looked like, we knew all this stuff, and it's just, uh, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> there, was so, there was so much, like, just watching, and, oh, well, this is from, just recounting scenes from the trailers, I, they just, they showed too much, you shouldn't have even seen the Mosasaur. You could see the eye, the eye behind the sub, and that's fine, don't show it coming out of the water at the helicopter. No. Like, just... There's so much stuff there that there, they just and, ruined. There was and them a show, lot overshown yeah. in the mm. trailer. And you were talking earlier about suspense and, and having being scared at places. Like, some of that stuff, it, well, there would have been a lot more tension there if you hadn't uh-huh. seen, if I hadn't seen the trailer. Yeah. If I hadn't seen them walking into that, that main um, lobby area or the museum area and seeing that guy's body dragged, if I wouldn't have seen the... Macy screaming um, at behind the glass display and see the in the raptor's teeth, you know, all stuff like that. It should have been just left for the movie mm-hmm. as a horror film. I think I would have been more surprised. But I, since I saw it on the trailers, I kind of I kind of put two and two together when I was watching it. And um, I still felt like the um, in the final cut, the mansion scene was super intense for those last. I don't know how many minutes I with the Indoraptors chasing everybody around. I was in my seat, pressed down, freaking out. I mean, it, I thought that was one of the tensest moments in Jurassic Park ever. And I, I, sort of I that, wish I could have felt like that. Yeah, there's really that good. conceit too where their their sole purpose there is to stop it from, like Owen says, we can't let it leave the mansion. Yeah. So that's that's the only thing that's keeping them inside and sort of with it. Yes, for most of the scenes there, it's actually chasing and following them and hunting them. But did do you just feel it was sort of it was probably too big? No, I think it was an appropriate 
Yeah. It was it was a you know I mean it's funny to say that because I've wanted them to introduce a a mid-sized predator for a while. Yeah. And then one that I really wanted to see was the Allosaurus and yeah I, I hate the design of the Allosaurus in 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 Fallen Kingdom. It looks awful to me. I do not like how it looks. It's it's like the you know, it, it, when I saw that it, that was the Allosaurus that was next to the Dryosphere, it, I was like, what dinosaur is that? And then we're like, oh, it's an... Uh, finally, at some point, they said that, oh, it's an Allosaurus. I was like, what? That's an Allosaurus? The skull was, the skull was too broad. That was my main yes. default about it, was, it, is that you look at it, it's almost kind of a U-shaped snout. And it's just... It, oh, it's, it's, Allosaurus has a very thin, very uh-huh. lift tree plan, and that's because it's was an ambush predator that hunted based uh, in tight Jurassic forests mm-hmm. and used that kind of body design. I mean, watch Walking with Dinosaurs, the way the Allosaurus moves. I love really- how it looks in Walking with Dinosaurs. I do, too. Yeah, it, it just it just looked awful to me. It looked really... And it's like, when you see it running side-by-side side with the driver's sphere before it looks into the driver's sphere, mm-hmm. it... I didn't like the design, but I thought it looked better. When it looks at Claire, or, mm-hmm. yeah, it's Claire, right? And it's, mm-hmm. like, nostrils open up. I was like, what is that thing? It kind of, it, it just looked <laughs> like a, it looked like, I don't know, like a Jim Henson dinosaur puppet or something to me. It, it, it didn't look generic. like a dinosaur to me. It looked like a generic mid-sized Yeah, girl. it just, yeah, it just looked bad. And it, it's snout was like, like you said, like it was like broad and elongated, and it just, and even it's the crests over its eyes just looked weird. They looked like kind of like spikes going back. I, I did not like that design at all. So I was like, when I, when I wanted a mid-sized predator, I always wanted an Allosaurus or the Carnotaurus. And we got the Carnotaur, and the Carnotaur looks beautiful. That oh, thing so looks amazing. They really, really, really wanted that Carnotaurus. I feel like Allosaurus was like a last-minute addition. They were like, uh, throw in an Allosaurus in there. All right, what's it look like? Um, I don't know. It, 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 I don't know. It, it <laughs> looks like yeah. a generic dinosaur with horns on it. All right, we got it. You know, like, uh, for the Carnotaurus. Well, it comes back to later on in the cage. and It looks they, better in the they, cage. They say it's ju- yeah, well, they say it's a juvenile, so it's not even fully grown. Yeah, they have and, to say that. <laughs> Yeah, and it's um, oh, it's a nasty, got nasty, nasty behavior or whatever he, little yeah, line he sort aggressive. of puts out just again to try and make him like a character and not just like an animal. Yeah. Um, in the cage, it, I actually when I saw it in the cage, it looked a little better to me. I I don't know, um, but yeah, Allosaurus is one that I wanted in the movies for a long time. It's a it's really cool. I've drawn one with but with like DX virus and had like boils and yeah and gross whatever wow. I've, drawn one. I've drawn one like <laughs> that before i always i always like had like this headcanon that like uh that I, it was a piece that i was working on where it was um two allosauruses that had dx virus and um they're actually their their nest was the bones and carcass of the spinosaurus <laughs> so like you know it was really i never finished a drawing it's still like in it's like sketch stage but like the one face of the allosaurus is like really done and it looks really great but you know 
I, I, I don't yeah. know. I, maybe maybe the Indo was was too big. Um, I, I think well, it was all you can right. See, yeah, and it's it's clearly um, moving around inside the mansion. Like it's not it's not um, it's not really doesn't have any issue with space and that. I was just thinking like that. The whole reason for its existence is to go after people and and all that sort of thing. So it, it it can run around. It can go through doors and all that. So I suppose it's not it's not too big or not not yeah it's not too big. But just it, just when you sort of see it next to when blue's on top of it, like it's twice the size of blue. Um, but I suppose it's probably more agile to have those big front arms that it can get down on all fours. But well, it kind of um, gallops in the way it moves, you know, which is kind of how I expected yeah. it to move. Because we've never actually seen it run in the trailers. And the way that it always kind of reminded me in Body Plan was of the dog alien in the Alien 3. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got a, like, uh, uh, a feeling like that, too. Mm-hmm. And it kind of has that, like, xenomorph type of aesthetic. In a way, mm-hmm. like yeah. I think the dinosaur, the thing looked freaking cool. And if you guys, I don't know, do you guys have the Mattel toy of it or no? Oh, uh, definitely. It's in the mail. It's on the way. <laughs> oh my god, dude, you're gonna love it when you get it. It's so cool. I have it. I have it kind of like facing off with blue right now. It's it's <laughs> so awesome. Articulation and everything. I think the oh, design yeah. was great, but mm-hmm. like I feel he was underused in the movie. I feel like. Yeah. So like, oh, and then again, those plot contrivances, like it's, it has to escape. Well, we're going to create this this little thing Wheatley likes to do, collecting teeth, so he can make a necklace, mm-hmm. so he can get in there and trank. And even like those tranquilizer darts, how how powerful are they? Zia says earlier when she takes one out and shows it shows it to him that sort of you trank blue or something with this, it's very potent and could stop a heart. Yet he shoots Owen with it. <laughs> so <laughs> like, Owen, Owen shouldn't yeah. have been getting up from that. Even though it clearly shows only half the dose went into him, but mm-hmm. um, and that's yeah, and the small stuff like even as you're saying earlier with the gyrosphere, like I think that a lot of that the tension there is better because it's actually it's real. It's it's they're in the gyrosphere. They've done all the scuba work for it. I don't know how again just changing stuff you set up in Jurassic World now. A nine mil can put two holes in it where before. You you specifically got Jimmy Fallon to do that stupid video at the start of the ride to say you can't shoot it with a 50 cal pistol, uh-huh. um, like it's bulletproof glass and all that sort of stuff. And then he um, shoots it. Yeah, and then he shoots it, puts two shots in it with a nine mil, just to let the water f- flow in there faster, and then gets hit by a lava bomb. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I I, yeah. I saw that too. Uh, that's why, like the the whole tension during that scene is great, but just like it's very unbelievable. You know, yeah. Um, we probably should leave it there. Oh. We'll get we'll get in the minute. We've we've gone for forty five minutes, so. Yeah. Um, oh, we've discussed that a bit. Um, anything else? Just in summary, Dave, you said you're going to go see it again, so. Uh, in summary, yep. Other, I was just going to mention real quick the other references that I noticed personally was um, besides the ones in the dialogue, the visual ones I thought were dramatically more subtle. Than the ones in the um, than the ones in the first uh, Jurassic World movie was well. There's the yeah. one when they opened that cage door going into the park. The sun filtering through it was exactly the same as when they opened the gate to the Velociraptor cage in the first movie, and the spotlight was filtering through it. Then Wait, what was, part? 
What? What part? What part is this? Um, when they're doing that montage of the trek to, through the island. Yeah, it's a and big they're going through that yeah, one yeah, checkpoint. Through the gates as it opens. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, another one I noticed was the um, and I, I'm skipping over some of them just for time. We'll, we'll get it's, we'll get to them more in depth. <laughs> yeah, exactly. At the very end, when um, Blue is standing over that town, it's framed exactly like when E.T. is standing on the hill it's over exactly the town. The same, it's and exactly was the same town. Yeah. It's, it's, it's exactly the same. Yeah, I saw that too. I saw like Blue r- roll up there, and, and I saw myself yeah. watching and E.T. The... for a second. I'm like, what? Wait, what is yeah. that? Well, E.T. is one of my favorite atmospheric Spielberg films, so I had no qualms with that. I'm like, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah <laughs> I didn't, I didn't like it. This, this is just a joke. This is not true, but it's like you, you're watching that scene and all of a sudden like the, 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 the E.T. theme yeah, starts like going the, in your head. The nostalgia's there for you too. I've <laughs> I've I've seen it I've seen it once or twice, but it's not something I really seen when I was young. That's so cool, a lot of those early Spielberg movies I don't really go back to. I don't even own them on DVD like that and some of those '80s films that I just didn't watch when I was young, so have zero nostalgic connection to it at all. So the only reason, like I look down at that town, I'm going, well, there must have been a shot in ET where they're standing up here looking down the exact same town because I don't know how you'd see those streets and not say, hey, well, that could be where the T-Rex roamed in Lost World or something like that. <laughs> Just the way the streets curve and that. But yeah. but there's there's a couple of little ones like that. Like in the opening scene where you've got the computer guy doing it, the whole time you've got the Jaws theme, that dirt, like playing slowly, building, building, building until the... Yep. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's on the soundtrack. It's on the soundtrack. It's it's uh, the first song. It's called This Makes Me Feel yeah. Jurassic or something like that. Yeah. Um, and when I heard the soundtrack, like, I, I remember a friend of mine, he, he told me, he's like, you're hearing the soundtrack? Uh, he's like, isn't it going to be weird, like, the context no. that you don't have it there to know exactly what's going on? Mm. But the music's great. Like, I loved the soundtrack. I did. Um, uh, and yes, that first one, this makes me feel Jurassic. I was like, uh, what the hell? I, I didn't I didn't like yeah. it on the soundtrack, yeah. but then when you watch it in the movie, it works. It works with that scene. Now I get it. But, but there's other songs on there that were just great without me even seeing the movie. And it's just like it even made the movie better, mm. those scenes when they were when that soundtrack was playing. Um, yep. Like Wheatley's March is great. And I and I specifically last night um, while I was doing notes while I was doing notes for that uh, episode we do a little bit later, um, went back and watched the opening of Revenge of the Sith for the Battle Over Coruscant and found that that little that tune so i can put that up when we do the review because it is it's straight out of oh, Revenge yeah. of Sith. <laughs> so wow somebody said that to me yeah, they said it yeah. sounds very it's just star a, it's just wars a flute, uh, not a the bombastic the, tracks. The, um the horns and that so uh, yeah. but we can get to that so yeah david you're going to go back and see it again mm-hmm. jay are you going to have another go or you'll wait for dvd I think I'm all right for now, you know, yeah. unless I just happen to stumble on some like free tickets and I'll probably go yep. see it because there's really nothing else that interests me right now. Um, people are talking about Mission Impossible, but I've, I've never really seen any of the, uh, like I've seen the films maybe on TV, but I'm not a big well, fan. Well, <laughs> it's just, yeah, I can wait until DVD to see how Tom Cruise goes and 
uh, tries yeah. to get our affection <laughs> next time around. But he just yeah. he does the craziest stunts, man. He just keeps yeah. trying to beat the other one, you know. Yeah. Like, and it's funny, like uh, when we when you're watching when you're sitting there to watch a Fallen Kingdom, and you know they get the trailers and whatnot for other movies. Mission Impossible came on, and my friend DC villain, he's like. Oh, so that's why Henry Cavill's mustache yep. was so important. <laughs> that's all yep. you think about. You're not even thinking about Mission Puzzle. You're just thinking, wow, they that... really needed him with that mustache <laughs> in the movie. Yep. Oh, wow. <laughs> Crazy. That's exactly what I thought when I said it, too. <laughs> <laughs> right, right? <laughs> uh, but then I, I, didn't, I didn't recognize, like, notice the CG issue as much in Justice League as a lot of other people were. I that... noticed that that one point when he's like when he says uh, the he reverses the line to Batman about um, making oh, okay. you bleed or whatever yeah. do you do you bleed or something like that yeah. you notice it there but other than that you don't really it's not a big deal it's like people make it a big deal you oh know? yeah they'll <laughs> sign it was flat they love <laughs> yeah they love to make big, uh, that stuff a big deal or whatnot. But the movie itself, I, I didn't, I wasn't a big fan of Justice League. It was We did just talk 45 minutes about issues we have with Jurassic Park, so, or <laughs> Fallen Kingdom, so... Yeah, that we're is though, true. That is we're true. those fans, just in a different different franchise. Yeah. I, yeah. Admit, I, mean, I caught it on TV the other night. It was okay. It wasn't anything great. No, no, it, it, exactly. It's not, and just... No. I didn't hate it. I didn't hate it, but it was just like it was. I was expecting more. Maybe that's also a thing with Fallen Kingdom for me. Maybe I was expecting something else or something more, and what was shown to me in that theater was not what I expected. Maybe, and maybe that's why I don't feel the way I want to feel about it. I don't know. I wonder. I wonder too, and I'll I'll make this my final thought. Um, <laughs> his call back there. I wonder if, like, as we said before, like, another billion dollars, so they're going to be trying to look at expanding the franchise even more, but at least the first trilogy, the only, like, the skips were the times, obviously, because in between, or the time it took for them to get the next film out, but there wasn't really a lot happening in between those films that you could sort of mine for uh, more info. Whereas now, sort of like the, the the jump between Jurassic Park 3 and Jurassic World, you had the whole going back to Nublar and everything involved there. Then post-Jurassic World, you had... Well, the only real dialogue we get at the start of the film is that Maserani had to pay out $800 million in damages to park um, visitors. Mm-hmm. But there's no, there's nothing else about Maserani. There's, there's zero mention of InGen in Fallen Kingdom, where yep. it was them. They, they got woo out. In Jurassic World now is this like Wheat, um not Wheatley is he all InGen is that all InGen is you know, Mills you know, sort of working there as well or yeah it's it's not like it's they don't mention exactly if Mills is InGen or if InGen still even exists but you do hear him like when he's saying about selling the dinosaurs at the auction he's saying he's like it's seed money for what we have planned. What do you have planned? What is it? Were they were they really going the military dinosaur route again? Like uh, as no, it was, was start money. I think they were going for the military dinosaurs. Actually, they was, were, weren't they? Yeah, they wanted to make more in, Indoraptors. They wanted yeah, to keep exactly. on developing Indoraptors, but but they that's wanted and to develop a pack of them. Yeah, 
And it goes back it goes back to the issues with the other films with InGen. What are they doing outside of making dinosaurs and being bankrupt from ruined dinosaur parks that's keeping them afloat? What's Lockwood's what's his what's is he invested in something? Like his Well is Lockwood oh, even in InGen with InGen anymore? You know what I mean? If 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 he separated had a falling out with Hammond, Hammond took over InGen basically. Yeah. And then was Hammond's, he paid out and he's just living yeah, off the payout? Because he's That's... here in this massive estate in California. When by the time the Indoraptor breaks out, they've I think they've got 128 million in sales from the animals that have sold before it escapes and or before Sticky mm-hmm. comes up and does a thing. But 128 million, that that estate would be worth that. Mills is sitting there acting and spending Lockwood's money. Lockwood's on the verge of death anyway, or mm-hmm. he's having the nose, the gas, and everything else. But it's just. You don't know what motive. The only motivation you get is um, dollar signs over his eyes when he's seeing the the auction bids coming in. Like it's not. Mm-hmm. You, you've got all that money with Lockwood. You've had the lab set up. You've retrofitted everything. You say in the movie, we've reopened the lab and retrofitted everything. You're spending Lockwood's money. I don't know what that money is and where it's coming from. But you need a, You need 120 million. Like he only estimated the dinosaurs to be worth four million each when he was talking to the auctioneer guy, and then all of a mm-hmm. sudden it's going higher, just to keep the the, Indominus, the Indoraptor project going. Well, I don't... Yeah. And again, it's just the plot contrivance of the film. We need the, the money-hungry person, but it just doesn't make a lot of sense. And if you're going to pay $10 million for an ankylosaur because it's what paleontologists have um, referred to as the, the, the um, animal version of the tank... Ten million dollars will buy you a tank. It'll probably buy you two tanks. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to. Yeah, you don't have to train yeah. it. It's not going to need food, and it's not going to crap everywhere. <laughs> it's it's basically like what I feel about the auction. Uh, the money price points. I I was like, hmm, uh, that's a little low or whatever for a living dinosaur. But the and thing it's is, going like to Indonesia. Indonesia paid ten million for it. <laughs> so uh, <I'm> <laughs> and you know what? You know what the thing is too is like. Um, I, I really don't feel like if he tries to go that route where he, they're using these dinosaurs for warfare. I, I uh, no. I feel like if if you were gonna buy one of these dinosaurs and you're one of those millionaires, it it'd be more like um. You guys ever seen Scarface? Mm-hmm. No. It, um, the one with Al Pacino. Uh, yeah. Remember when he's like he's he's like he just gets married to uh to the to the girl in the movie. And then they're all going outside or whatever. And he wants to show him something, and he has a tiger that he bought in the backyard. Yeah. You know, it's a power symbol. I, I'd feel more than like mm-hmm. they keep stressing and, and putting this like dinosaurs for warfare thing in our face. And you know, if you just kind of like made it more like, well, I want one of those things because I have money, and I want it to show off to all my other rich friends. You know, mm-hmm. but well, I think the Triceratops was I. I can't remember where I heard, but there was a behind-the-scenes or mentioned that the baby Triceratops was being bought for some of the rich, some rich guy's kid as a for his kid as a pet. And if anybody here remembers the spiel that Dodgson gave his boss in the novels, mm. where InGen could produce InGen dinosaurs with that could only eat InGen pet food and be t- uh, serviced by InGen veterinarians. Mm-hmm. There you go. 
Yeah. No, yeah. like they they used a lot of stuff from the book. Like a lot of the the ideas that people caught were a little ridiculous or something like that. It's stuff that were was discussed in the book by Dotson mm-hmm. himself. You remember exactly. when there's remember when they're standing outside? It's Mills and um uh that other guy, the auctioneer guy. Yeah, I can't yeah. even remember his name. They're standing outside, and he's and he's talking in that weird accent. I don't know why he made that. Toby Jones, he, he's talking yeah. that weird. He's like, "There's that guy right there. That's another millionaire." And then he goes, <laughs> he goes, right? It's like, why would you do that? Why did you do that accent? Just talk regular. He's a good actor. I I don't know why he did that. Anyway, he's 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 telling him like three of these guys walking up with uh, suitcases are from uh like pharmaceutical companies yeah. and. Instantly in my my head, I was like, oh, that's what Dotson was talking about. When Remember when he's like, we can use these dinosaurs to test stuff and, and whatever mm-hmm. and pharmaceuticals. Uh-huh. Yeah, like stuff like that was great, but it was like rushed. Like you could you put a little more uh, points on it and be like, well, ph- the pharmacies would like the dinosaurs for this. So how yeah. much do you think we can get the pharmacies to buy these yeah. dinosaurs for what? Well, that was you the know. main reason in the last world why Dotson was going to Isla Sorna was because he wanted the um, – he wanted the dinosaurs for cosmetic and product testing. Mm-hmm. Mm. Peter was getting up their ass about animal yeah. testing with bees and monkeys. Yep. Yeah, because nobody – he says it in the book. He's like, nobody's going to care about extinct animals. You know, yeah. he's like, they're extinct. We made them. We own them. And then, you know, yeah. Ludlow says that line. And then, they, <laughs> you know, and then uh, the thing is, you know, when you have points like that and you kind of throw them in the movie, that's great. But they just did it in a way that just uh, – I was like, ah. Uh, just, it's just it's really muddling the waters and the line between novel and movie canon, mm-hmm. and I'm not I'm not going to go into now for time. But the whole the whole thing with the lab the lab even being there and existing there to start with, the whole reason InGen went to Costa Rica in the novels where it's not, and it's again that's adapting a novel into the movie. You can't put all that stuff in the movies, but the whole sort of going to do this stuff in secret away from America, away from certain regulations and that and. Now it's just no. This lab's been here. This is where we. This is where we originally did it. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, I've I've got a page of notes here that I haven't even touched yet, so I'm not even going to look at that. Um, that's yeah. So I'm going to wait until it comes out on DVD. Now I don't really need to see it. I <laughs> I really think when the, we start seeing stuff from the third one, I think I'm going to. I don't know how. But I'm going to try and go trailer free. I just don't want to see. No, I'm not going to watch any trailers. And it sucks because, like, I run my Instagram page from just Jurassic stuff all the time. So it's going to be a little rough. But I'm just going to have to go that way because Universal just ruined it for me in in a way. I think one one part of me that doesn't like this movie is because Universal showed it to me entirely, basically. Dude, they showed the line in the T-Rex. They showed the end. Like, what? They showed... The end sequence, like how they showed the Mosasaur with the surfers, and yep. they showed the line with the T-Rex. So you know they get out. So there's no point when they're showing them, like, like locked up in that area. You're like, okay, somebody's going to let them out. So when Claire's like, I'm not going to do it, I'm like, somebody's going to walk in there, or the dinosaur's going to break through the door or something. Something's going to let them out. They're not going to die there. So that scene meant nothing to me in a way. It sucks because it like it, it's supposed to be kind of like an emotional scene because you're seeing them die because of this gas and whatnot, but it didn't. I didn't feel anything for them because I knew they were gonna get out. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, 
like uh, it's it's kind of almost like that that uh the Spielberg shield like you know the kids aren't into that in the movies you know you just know it yep. it did feel like it 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 did feel like it with the explorers though <laughs> after Jurassic World though I the Spielberg shield is kind of broken with um <laughs> what was her name? Zero or something like that yeah. Uh, yeah, after she uh, gets brutally murdered by, by all those dinosaurs, you're like, well, they just shattered the Spielberg shield. Hmm. No, no, but I, I like, like the uh, line. Like, what's that? Which one? Uh, oh, you mean Zara? Zara, that was it. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, no, no, but I mean, like, the Spielberg shield on kids. True, but kids I mean, I just... But, I but, think but, Spielberg's not part of this, so... We yeah, don't know who's going to anymore. That's how I felt. That's true. If, if they, I, I still don't see them killing a kid, though. I, I don't see it, you know? But, um... Oh, but I if did Maisie like had that... a puppy, if Maisie had a puppy, then it would have gone. Oh, man. <laughs> we, know, we know he's killed dogs before. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I did like that death, though. The, the Zara death. Even though everybody says it's overdone. Or so, uh, or they, a lot of people were offended by that death. I thought it was awesome. I, I mean, it was great. The first female death, and it was just carnage. And I was like, wow. I was like, oh, man, all right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we see nothing but guys getting killed every other movie. Hmm. <laughs> I think it's like uh, they kind of try to balance the scale a little bit. There's been like, like I don't know. Like twenty five deaths, all dudes, and then one girl death. They're like, all right, we gotta make this one very savage to, for all these guys that died and the others. Yeah. <laughs> and that's it. it. We, get, a... we get we get some of those good savage deaths in all the films. So. Oh yeah, that the death with Wheatley was pretty good. I think I liked it. Oh, you see the arm just like in its mouth still. That was great. Yeah, that was one scene that my son looked away for. He didn't, he didn't like seeing oh, that hand stick yes. out of his mouth. That's good, that's good. I like so. reactions for when, like, younger kids, like, when they watch the movie and they have to turn away from seeing, like, oh, that's how I was when I was little, too. Yeah, now I look at no, it. There was no screaming last night, so that's good. <laughs> no nightmares. Oh, okay, that's good. He did have nightmares. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys, we're here to talk about minute one, one thirteen. <laughs> Let's do it, shall we? Yeah, yeah, sure. As we are on a minute 112 of the Lost World, Ludlow followed Anne and Sarah onto the boat and realised that the baby was back in the hold. As we start our minute 113, Ludlow calls down to the hold, Are you there? And we can hear the baby snarling softly. Ludlow slowly walks down the stairs into the cargo hold, looking around for the baby as his footfalls echo through the space. At the 24 second mark, he notices something on the ground and bends over to pick it up and we see it's the muzzle that the baby was wearing earlier, now removed. With a worried look on his face, he looks forward, and then sees the baby, and smiles again as if talking to an infant. Oh, there you are. He crouches down to its level, and the baby snarls back at him. At the 37 second mark, we cut to behind the baby, as Ludlow chases it past some netting, and up on the ship's deck, we can see the male Tyrannosaur coming into view. The 44 second mark, after chasing the baby around the area, it gets past Lodo and he turns to see the male standing there, reunited with his son. Lodo stands straight upright and freezes in fear. He pushes it back against the wall and starts to move between some crates, looking at the staircase and his one chance of escape. And as the minute ends, he pushes some boxes aside and makes a break for the stairs.
the minute it opens, we still got that great shot of Ludlow sort of standing there just in silhouette with that sort of mist blowing across the dock. And as David, you said last time, that blue filter on it, which um, looks fantastic. And he sort of we can hear the baby mm-hmm. making some noises down the uh, in the hold, and he calls out, calls down softly, "Are you there?" And then we get those like la- la- sort of loud footfalls too of Ludlow sort of walking down the stairs into the hold, and as we continue to hear the baby making some noises. As he sort of gets to the base of the stairs, there's lighting down in the hole that sort of lightens the area up a bit as um, he comes out and sees the debris littering the area. And uh, he sort of looks around a bit for the baby and notices something on the ground and bends over to pick it up, and it's the animal's muzzle that uh, Ian or Sarah managed to get off the infant pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Well, that's not good. <laughs> no, and you can see the look on his face too. It's like, oh, there is that concerned mm-hmm. look, but then he mm-hmm. sort of sees the baby and smiles and goes back into um as if he's talking to a baby um mm-hmm. he says oh <laughs> there you are so then it kind of just snarls at him like a angry rat or yeah an angry puppy or something like that you know i mean just like <laughs> yeah well it's yeah it's like you're, the, like, the, you're the hissing in my head yeah it's like the friend's dog you go oh oh cute dog and you go down to pat it or whatever and just <laughs> <laughs> yeah basically that was perfect yeah. actually that was good. Yeah, it was. Good sound effects. <laughs> so um, yeah, we um, it's that star, yeah, stars, and then we uh, cut to a shot from behind the baby looking past Ludlow, and um, as it starts to back away, and sort of Ludlow goes in behind that netting that's there to chase it, mm. and um, up on top of the hole, we can see the dark shape of the male quietly appearing. Mm-hmm. Once again, Tyrannosaur Ninja moves, gets up there, without making a sound. And slipped away from the helicopters as well. <laughs> and it's sort of interesting when we get to the shooting script, the sort of Ludlow definitely knows that it's on board, but um, yeah, it sort of um, ninjas its way up and starts to walk down into the uh, into the hole itself as Ludlow's sort of chasing the baby around, trying to trap it, trying to catch it. Baby then sort of sees the window, runs past Ludlow and back out underneath that net to join its father and Ludlow turns around as the T-Rex growls, <laughs> and it just sort of stands straight up, and this is uh-oh. Yeah. Now, that yeah. little raptor lead bit makes at this part of the movie. Um, mm. I, I When I was a kid, I don't know why, but I always kind of felt like the baby was part raptor. I mean, crazy kid imagination, I know, but, I mean, it does kind of do a raptor lead, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, when Ludlow goes to sort of run after it, it runs to one side of the cargo hold and it sort of jumps up over a crate. And, um, yeah, Mm -hmm. it looks just like a raptor leaping because its its legs are pointed forward. It sort of inverts itself as it goes over. One, you sort of... It's the one shot of the baby in the whole film where we actually see it being sort of nimble and light on its feet. Mm -hmm. Obviously being the CG. It kind of makes me wonder... If there's some kind of pain medications on it or anything, because that leg should not be that well um, put together. I mean, that was only what, like a day or two ago that they uh, that the leg was broken, and now yeah. now it's walking on it. You know, I'd have to look closely because I haven't even really looked, especially once um, Sarah's carrying it. If it's actually still got the cast. I think it does. Yeah, it should. Yeah. <laughs> well, it should have a new cast on. You'd think if InGen brought it back, yeah, they probably take gave the makeshift it one off. Yeah. yeah, they don't. They don't want because you know. I mean, if they they brought if they brought the animal all the way back, 
they're investing in it. So who knows what they did? It mm-hmm. would, they, just like you said, David. Maybe they gave it some type of pain meds or whatever. And this thing's like, hey, man, I can fly. Like, <laughs> 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 so it makes that jump and whatnot. But I remember as a kid seeing that when when you see the the jump or whatever, and I was like really happy that like the T Rex baby was like, all right. I was like, oh look. You know, it's it's up on its feet. Yes, you know. Yeah, that's how I felt. It's almost next... what it's almost what you'd expect if um they had the nest scene from the novel with more than one infant in it, where they're sort of rolling around and being playful with each other. Oh uh, yeah. Well, this scene is a modified version of that novel scene. Originally, uh, in the original uh, script, as we discussed in earlier minutes, Ludlow or yeah, Ludlow was meant to be fed to the babies in the nest. Mm. Then they modified that for this. Yeah. Yeah, because in the book it's uh it's Dotson that gets yeah. fed to the babies. Yeah, yeah. Much the same way. Such yeah. a great great scene. It's a. Uh, it I I actually like I've said in another minute that I did a a drawing rendition of this, and mm-hmm. I have like uh one of the babies like it's ripping Dotson's face right off. The other one's biting its <laughs> fingers, and it's a very gruesome drawing. And like the the T Rex is uh, like the, the the parent is like over over them just drooling like watching its children become like proud that its children is hmm. eating this meal, and um the just the description in that scene it starts out um it says exit on the top and I can't remember I think it's can't remember what page number but I have like the whole thing drawn out it's like it's ripping through the page the drawing oh, itself yeah that. that was you. Yeah, that's me. Yeah, that was mine. Oh my God, I loved that picture, dude. Um, it, does I have it still exist somewhere. I, <laughs> yeah, I have um, I have like two posters of it that I, I'm actually giving out to a, a couple friends and. Love that picture, man. That is awesome. Yeah, because it's a very gruesome scene. Like I, I, the way I drew it is very gruesome. So it's like some people have loved it and some people didn't like it. <laughs> it's it's way funny as you're describing it, where. The, and how it's gruesome, and one's and you said one's biting the finger and the other one's biting the leg. I'm, I my mind instantly went to that image, and then you say, oh, and then there's the page as the background. I'm like, oh, I, that's exactly what I was thinking of. Yeah, that's uh, that's my drawing. Yeah, I did, I did that drawing for the, to win the, the the, the special edition box set of Jurassic Park on JP Legacy years ago. Okay. Yeah, I remember the contest. Yeah, I was. Uh, I think I I won second place or whatever. Uh, this other guy beat me to it like hours. At, like I I had my drawing done for like a week and I was just waiting. I was like, all right, I'm gonna wait for everybody else to put up their stuff. Because if anybody else put something up, I was gonna be like, all right, I gotta put something, uh, beat this one out. And then like like it was like an hour before the deadline, and I was like, all right, I think I'm safe enough to. And I put mine up, and then. This guy threw his in, and it was like con- it looked like concept art, like movie concept art, uh, digital. And this is when I was first learning how to draw on digital format, and it looked like a painting. And it was the T Rex bra- uh, in the waterfall scene or whatever yep. uh, with the kids uh, from the book. And I was like, "Damn it!" <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "He won." And then yeah, he did win, but I was like, "Ah." So close. But I have the set anyway, but I wanted to win it instead of, you know, pay the money for it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that was, honestly, I always thought that was one of the best 
depictions from the novel ever done. You know? Yeah, but... And, yeah, especially sort of looking, like, going off the Lost World tour and not... Because there's a lot of art, people do a lot of art from scenes from Jurassic Park. Mm-hmm. As well, but it was just great to see, sort of, yeah, that looking at the Lost World too. Yeah, sort of, Ludlow's <laughs> stands straight back up um, and starts backing up against some of the crates, trying to make his way towards the wall of the cargo hold. He starts whimpering, wait, wait, wait. Sort yeah. Blab- blabbering to himself. A lot of it's sort of a bit... What? bit hard to see. But we get the score sort of kicked back in here as well. He sort of takes his chance and pushes some boxes aside and runs for the stairs. And um, and that's where the minute ends, unfortunately. But, um, yeah. That is unfortunate because I love that. The, this is probably my most favorite parts of where the score of Malcolm's journey just swells into the movie. Because yeah. it fits so perfectly. Like, this is the end of Ludlow, you know? And you just know it. He knows it. Everybody knows it. Yeah, and we've talked in previous minutes about sort of how Spielberg does these big set, those big scenes in that, like the um, Trenisaur breakout in that, where there's no sound. The only sound is the rain um, and the sound of the animal and the, the actors doing their thing. Like, here there's been no score while Ludlow's come into this hold... You got the loud, like the loud echoing of his feet on the stairs, and the baby mm-hmm. making a noise downstairs, and so it's just setting up that suspense and tension. And now, well, you know what's going to happen because there's only one way out, and that hole's not very wide, so the Rex doesn't have to nope. try very hard next minute to <laughs> knock him over and grab his leg. But yeah, and it's sort of maybe again because because um, Ludlow's not familiar with the ship, there might have been a door or another exit out of it, but he just doesn't know and sort of in that fight-or-flight mode. Yeah, well, I'd be in that... that I wouldn't know what to think. A huge T-Rex lumbering over me, ready to eat me, and then the little one. Because, you, you know, the whole time, he's not thinking it's the baby that's going to get him. He's thinking it's the yeah. dad. Yeah. And then... <laughs> Surprise! <Yeah. laughs> he's, he's seen people succumb to the Tyrannosaur before, so... Ooh, yeah. Yeah, I don't know if you'd try and find something. I'd see if any of those crates you could open and climb into just to hide. Yeah. And hope it ignores you, but then you're stuck in there for the whole trip back after Sarah tranks it, so you're screwed either way. God, you just wake up and you're like, I think think everything's safe. And the baby, because the baby's not tranked. No. Inside that car hole, right? Do you think they probably went in there after they tranked the dad? And went in there and probably drank the baby, or just left the baby just roaming around down there. Oh, it's possible. Probably. Yeah. So I think you know the baby's less of a threat, you know. Yeah. Or after actually eating Ludlow, I don't know. The baby's probably chewing on Ludlow. I'm sure of it. <laughs> yeah, all the way back. Call me, call me morbid, morbid, but that's what I'm imagining. The little, the little fingers, maybe it's going after the liver first. Most nutritious part, eyeballs next. No more love love. Well, there's yeah, a cutscene. There's a cutscene I'd love to see at the end. Of, <laughs> brought back in the end of the film after we see the SS Venture steaming for sauna. The um the crew open the doors and let the let them out. Then they have to go in there and clean up <laughs> what's left of Ludlow. <laughs> yeah. Also, you know, it it'd be a, a cutscene or, or a scene they could have thrown in there. You know, just for our head cannon kind of uh, do a callback to when they find him in the nest, only it's not eating on a a parasaur carcass, it's Ludlow, you know? 
Yep. Oh, yeah, you see, you just see amazing. that business suit torn to shreds, lying on the side of the nest. <laughs> mm-hmm. And you're and you're thinking, is that an, is that a what kind of dinosaur is that? And you realize it. Oh crap! That's a human. Oh crap! Yeah, that's love suit. Oh. And then somebody, and then one of the engine workers looks at the other guy. He's like, "Yeah, one time I was talking to him. He told me that suit was worth more than my education." <laughs> I look at it. <laughs> <laughs> He tells that oh. to everybody. <laughs> that's his tagline. Education. That's yeah. That's his tagline wherever he goes. Mm. Now, now at his last words were, "Wait, wait." <laughs> uh, you have to get that on a shirt. <laughs> but um, looking at the shooting script, <laughs> the shooting script quickly. Um, uh, much the same as in the film, Ludlow finds the baby in the floor and um, tries to lift it up, but it's sort of thrashing around. And he's saying, "Come on." For God's sake, get up already, because uh, it's sort of tranked a little bit more than it is here. But uh, the Rex arrives on the boat, and it actually makes the boat move and rock and nearly mm-hmm. knock Ludlow off his feet. Oh. And he sort of says, what the hell's, and looks up at the open cargo hold and sees the male appear, and he freezes. And I love how the script actually says um, he's scared shitless. <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't, obviously that wouldn't have been dialogue, but um, yeah, it sort of lowers his head down the hold and coos at the baby and... It sort of seems like the hold either isn't big enough for the hole and it will go into, or it's hesitant to go back in there because it's just sort of been trapped in there. But um, but yeah, that's where we leave out on one thirteen. So it's been a long one. <laughs> Anything else you oh, want to add man. before we get out of here? <laughs> um, that actually would have been really cool to see. Uh, just the fear in his eyes. Like we see it already, but like when the just the boat rocking. And him mm. falling in the what, yeah. what? That would have been actually really cool to see. And actually, if they put that in the movie. Well, that, uh. in both in both the shooting script and the film, when he's up on top of that hold, you see over his shoulder, or he looks over and sees the helicopters at the warehouse with the spotlights trained mm. on the Tyrannosaur. So he he he's using that to think, well, it's over there. I'm safe to go in. Um, yeah. And now he's in there. You still just just saw that soft drone of the helicopter away, but it's not. It's definitely not flying overhead like. Somehow that Tyrannosaur has evaded a couple of helicopters and got silently back onto the ship. Probably broke through some buildings like it did with uh, when it was running after Malcolm and, and uh, Sarah. Well, know? yeah, it was inside. It was inside the warehouse when it was chasing them, so it could it could theoretically be moving through their warehouse. You're not going to see it from outside. Mm-hmm. The helicopters. They can so. they can lose it. They, they uh, even though it is a it's a big animal that's still you know just. The way the helicopters maneuver, they probably might have lost exactly where it was and whatnot. You know, you can just infer that, just leave it. <laughs> yeah, but, and I'm sure in Jurassic World 3 we're going to see it evade people for a while. <laughs> with those animals yeah, I don't know what the... Line. You know, it's it sucks, because now I'm, I'm thinking, you know I mean? I, I was thinking, okay, they, if, they were gonna, if they were going to kill her off in this one or not, you know, because I felt like... <laughs> That's where things were going because it was saying it was going to be really dark and all that. I didn't feel it was that dark. So they might kill her in the next one. And I rather her die on her on on her own. But I feel like it's going to be like I don't know, probably like some military out there because you know I mean there is just maybe eleven species out in those woods. But I, I get the whole point that like it's it's there. All those dinosaurs are loose now in the sense of, like, their embryos are everywhere, so people can make them, you know? But, well, that's, yeah, Wu says that. Um, y- yeah, he says that. Of, 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when so, when they said about the Indoraptor, I think it was like when they were selling him, he was like, yeah. yeah. And then they can have the technology or something yeah, like that. Yeah, but they now have the, yeah, they now have it. Yeah, yeah. They'll make more so, or something like that. Yeah. And, and it's, that, yeah, not to not to <laughs> reopen the movie discussion, but just <laughs> when 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 we seen that Tyrannosaur roaring at the line in the trailer, I thought, okay, well the film ends. They've saved or stopped animals from escaping the mansion, and these species that they've managed to save, they're just going to um, put one or two in a zoo here and there for them to live out the rest of their life in safety, but no. <laughs> so. no that just that one just happens to yeah. roll into a zoo. You know yeah, I mean? it, yeah, no, we're not going to do this now. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. Uh, yeah, I've got notes about that. All right, guys, <laughs> let's um, let's end out one thirteen. All right. All right. All right. Let's get the hell out of here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, let's get the hell out of here. Contact details are on the website thelostworldminute.com. You can email feedback to thelostworldminute at gmail.com. Facebook the Lost World Minute, Twitter at the Lost World Minute, and Instagram the Lost World Minute. Easy to remember. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, very easy to All remember. Right. <laughs> uh, David, thank you for joining me. For this recording and uh we'll be back i've been brad i'm dave and uh we'll talk to you all later Goodbye. talk to you later bye it is absolutely imperative that we work with the costa rican department of biological preserves to establish a set of rules for the preservation and isolation of that island these creatures require our absence to survive, not our help. And if we could only step aside and trust in nature, life will find a way.